Happy Sabbath. We will be reading from Psalms 103 from the Message Bible. You will listen while we read. God is sheer mercy and grace, not easily angered. His rich in love, he doesn't endless snag and scold, nor hold grudges forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, nor pay us back in full for our wrongs. As high as heaven is over the earth, so strong is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the sunrise is from sunset, he has separated us from our sins. As parents feel for their children, God feels for those who fear him. He knows us inside out. And keep in mind that we are made from mud. Men and women don't live very long, like wildflowers. They spring up and blossom, but a storm snuffs them out out just as quickly, leaving nothing to show they were there. God's love, though, is ever and always eternal, present to all who fear him, making everything right for them and their children as they follow his covenant ways and remember to do whatever he said. May God bless the scripture that we just read. Some of you remember Mother's Day. And we're going to start today in the same way that we did uh, then. We're going to think about advice this time that our fathers gave us. And I hope that you'll speak up. In fact, I need someone to help me get the microphone uh, around. Brett will help me here. Thank you, Julie. So, uh, I'll start. And one of the things my father taught me was don't hit girls. That was a piece of advice my father gave me. We have someone over here. My father taught me the golden rule. Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Very good. Milton has some, uh, let's see. My father said, tell the truth and keep your promises. Good advice so far. My father taught us that we're all equal and we're all God's children. Listen to your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have one? Yeah, we have one up here. Advice our fathers gave us. Never take more than you can eat. Never take more than you can eat. All right. There's one here, Paula. Listen to your father. (laughs) There you go. Paula. Two wrongs don't make a right. Two wrongs. My mom and my dad gave me that one. It seemed that I believed that was the case. My father always, well, we learned quickly, always show respect. 
We have one up here, Brett. Sorry to make you run around like this. Everybody can express their appreciation to Brett after this after the service here. Being he had eight girls and five boys, not enough boys to go around, my dad said that we should we the girls should always know how to change our oil, change our tires, and fill our cars with gas. Good advice. Independence is a good thing, huh? I'm not sure how this applies, but uh, my, when I got drafted in the army, and my father told me never to volunteer for anything, and but it seemed to work out for me. And they would always, the, the sergeant would say, "We need volunteers," but he would never say why or what they needed them for. And when they would step forward, they always seemed to get their dirty jobs. <laughs> so that was good advice. Don't volunteer. My father taught me not to fight if I could help it, but if I had to fight to win. <laughs> My father taught me that I could be anything I wanted to be. Uh, not so much advice. Uh, growing up without a full-time dad, I was able to get a little bit from each of the dads that I did meet until I was able to grow into the man I am now. So always remember that when you're dealing with young men your life. Thank you, John. My father taught me to uh, always put God first in your life. Stanley, is your father still here? Yes, he is. He, he lives uh, with my brother in Rancho Cucamonga. Okay. He visited us last week. I don't know if any of you met Stanley's father last week. My dad taught me that winning isn't everything. It's about having fun. All right. My dad taught me to like Looney Tunes when I was like three. <laughs> My dad's probably favorite lesson and saying for me is never trust a guy. Rachel, that's, we're going to go with that. You're a pretty young lady, we're going to go with that. Yeah. Other bits of wisdom or advice? I do have to say that uh, I was always impressed by my dad, always led by example. I didn't, I didn't hear a lot from him, or if he said it, I didn't remember it. <laughs> but always his walk was just amazing, you know, and uh, very influential. Anybody else? Thank you, Brad. My, my father taught me one thing. He said, oh, there's one more here? Oh, no, go, go, go. My dad always says, it doesn't matter what you become in life, just be the best that you can be at what you do. That's good advice. As somebody who likes to speak, my father told me to learn to think before I speak. That was practical. Any of your parents give you that advice? Okay, good. I'm not the only one then. Well, thank you for participating in this. The wisdom of our fathers comes to us in cultural and cumulative blocks. It's based in the wisdom of their fathers and experience, and in many times, the wisdom of our mothers too. Some of the sayings overlap. 
There were special things, though. You know, those uh, lessons behind the shed or the barn where we learned to open cans and bottles properly uh, and a few other things that women have never been taught. Those, those uh, aren't advice pieces, but those are, are fatherly pieces. Scripture has a number of uh, advice pieces, more than we have time for today. Uh, but I thought we would look at Proverbs. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Proverbs. And we'll start right in Proverbs 1. It says that these are the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, and for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, for doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And above all, the advice of our fathers needs to be about wisdom and discipline. Proverbs 1, verse 8. Listen, my son. Ever heard those words? Now, I'm going to stop right there. Because even audiences, congregations, pastors, people struggle today with that first word. And I don't want it to rush by. You heard it. What was it? Listen. Is that active or passive? That's an active thing. We like to think of listening as passive because it feels like we're being still, right? We're being asked to do nothing, in essence. But that's not really the case. Listening is active and it is engaged. Listen, my son. So what else is involved in listening? What does listening at a deeper level mean? Learning. When we listen, we're absorbing information. Sure, that's an aspect of listening, isn't it? What else? That's uh, focus, attention. A big part of real listening is focus and attention. One of the work, pieces of work that I do in counseling is listen. It's an active piece, and it involves paying attention. I can't be distracted or allow myself to be distracted uh, much, or I don't, I don't really hear the underlying stories and issues of, of the one sharing. Listening is active. What else is involved in listening? Yes, Richard. Acknowledging and responding. So when our fathers are giving us wisdom in this passage, we want to acknowledge or respond. And respond could be asking a clarifying question. What do you mean by that, Dad? But it is engagement. Very good. What else? Understanding and insight, good, yeah. 
we're not just hearing the words, we're comprehending them. We're absorbing them at a deeper level and we're using them to produce our own understandings based on what we've heard. Yes. Listening is a gift. And thank you for saying so. It's one of the, the most unusual gifts we give each other anymore because we're so busy we've lost the art of listening. We hear, maybe, we, but, but listening is a, is a rapidly fading art, and it is a gift. Listening means being teachable. Yeah. It means approaching what we're hearing with an openness, doesn't it? It implies that there's an openness to receive or learn or, or uh, gain from. Yes. There is, that's part of the action implied in this. It's not just the engagement of listening, but it's the action that follows, the response that follows. Respect is part of listening. It's a way of showing respect. I would like to suggest that listening is also happening on a heart level, not just a, a head level. Do you know what I mean by this? We're not just gaining information Really listening means absorbing it in a way that allows us to intuitively and emotionally live it out or respond to it. Okay? That's a, that's a very important piece. So our lesson today starts with this word, listen, my son. What I'm, what I'm about to give you is life. What I'm about to give you is important. You see, life isn't just the birth that we have. It is wisdom. Listen to your father's instruction. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. Our parents. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. There's language like this elsewhere in Scripture. Joseph and Daniel given chains around their necks to symbolize their power and authority in the lands in which they ruled. Garland around the head is a Greek symbol of victory. Going back to Athens and the ancient games we know now as the Olympics. So the council that is being referred to here is an adorning crown and a, and a chain of authority, not bondage authority. Wonderful things. My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for someone's blood, let's waylay some harmless soul, let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit, we will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot with us, and we will share a common purse. My son, do not go along with them. Can I put that in the modern vernacular? No? My son, do not join a gang. Do not be enticed by a false family. Well, we could read the rest of that. Verse 20, it starts with a new riff, 
a warning against rejecting wisdom. And when we get over to chapter 2, we're looking at moral benefits. My son, if you accept my words, verse 1, and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight, insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright, and he is a shield to those who walk blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. What did it say at the beginning, verse 7 of chapter 1? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Chapter 3, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. What does the commandment say? Honor your father and your mother that your days will be long in the land the Lord your God gives you. Keep these commands, for they will give you life. Let love and faithfulness never never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Isn't that what God wants to do with us? Aren't those the words of the new covenant? I'm going to take away your heart of stone and give you a responsive heart, a heart of flesh, and I'm going to write my covenant on the fleshy tables of your heart. And that covenant is this, I will be your God and you will be my people. It's powerful. And it has reference right here in the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. He'll expand on this in 5 and 6 and 7 as he warns against adultery and warns against folly and warns against the adulteress. This is going to be made manifest. Chapter 3, verse 9, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with your tithes, the first fruits of your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, don't despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son he delights in. We live in a weird world today where, yes, terrible things happen to children and ought not to. And yes, fathers and mothers have been abusive or gone too far. But we as a society have come to call what is discipline abuse. We as a people have decided that correction 
is something that needs to be uh, carefully danced around. That we don't want to damage the spirits of our little ones. And we're creating a generation, in fact, generations of people who are undisciplined. And the outcome can't be good. Because really loving a child doesn't mean beating them, but it does mean setting them straight. And there are many ways of accomplishing that. And we need to do that without, without uh, creating injury. I'm not advocating for abuse. But we need to not be afraid, especially as people who understand the wisdom and discipline of the Lord, to extend discipline to our children, to refocus them, to set them astray on the path that they should go in. Because the Lord makes it plain. He disciplines us as a father disciplines his cherished one, the son he delights in. Well, I, I would love to read the whole of Proverbs for you, but I want you to just hear a sampling. Chapter 4, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commandments and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding, and don't forget my words or swerve from them. Don't forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Listen, my son, and accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. These are the promises of God. What God is saying in the proverb is not just referent to human wisdom. God says, lay hold of the wisdom I bring to you. Pay attention to the way I've prescribed life. Morally, socially, in terms of the structure of the church, in the way in which you manage your assets and your wealth. Pay attention to what I have to say, that your days may be long and that you may prosper. My son, pay attention to my wisdom and listen well to my words that you may maintain discretion and that your lips may preserve knowledge. Chapter 6, my son, if you have put up security, well, he goes straight into advice there. In 7, my son, keep my words and store up my commands within you. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And call upon your kinsman. Over and over, words 
of counsel and wisdom. Our Father in heaven has given us good advice. It comes to us in this simple formula, love me supremely and your neighbor as yourself. It comes to us in the negative, in that which we're to avoid. Don't murder. Don't kill. I mean, don't steal. Don't covet. Don't commit adultery. Don't put other gods before me. Don't take my name in vain. These negatives tell us what we ought not to do. And then the positives. Remember that God is supreme. Remember the Sabbath day. Remember to honor your father and your mother that your days might be long. All of these things carry promise and carry blessing. I don't know what all the advice your fathers gave you. We haven't had time to begin to explore it all this morning. But our Heavenly Father has given us loads of counsel and advice. And it's good. And if we abide it, it won't be because we're seeking a perfection of our own. If we keep it, it won't because we've decided to forge morally forward in our own strength. If we honor it, it won't be because we think it'll bring us honor. It will be because we have learned to listen to respond in our heart of hearts, to hear the word of the Lord and to take it as knowledge and wisdom. It will be because we've learned to trust that the counsel he has steers us in the right directions. It will be because we've come to respect our God and to love him. Our text today in the words of the Message Bible is this. I'll say it in the King James. Like as a father pitieth his children, so I have pity for you. I don't love that translation, but I memorized everything as a kid in those words. Peterson says it much more poetically. Our Father cares for us. Our Father has compassion for us in our weaknesses. Our Father knows us and our Father loves us and our Father wants to move us in paths that will be to our benefit and our blessing. And as a normal father is drawn to his children, God all the more is drawn to your love and care. Let's see if we can't listen 
really well to the advice of our fathers, the advice our fathers gave us. And now, our Father, lead us day by day in your path of wisdom and knowledge and grace and strength, for we are your children, and we bless you. Amen.